Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Tuesday, December 12th in the year 2023. You know, today was uh, had an amazing interview with um, Pastor Devonese, and I think it's Apostle, I mean, hang on just a second, I need to get this right, so I'll screw it up. Apostle, uh, Apostle Greg Davis. And I just met the guy. And uh, we're going to have the interview on tomorrow night. He's he, When I say I just met him, he's... It's like one of these meetings of Holy Spirit, right? Like two brothers from another mother sort of thing. And just fantastic. We just hit it off two hours of just going at it. And it was fantastic. He's a really powerful voice in the community. And 
speaks a lot about waging war from kingdom into earth. Really enjoyed the interview a lot. Um, should just say it was a conversation more than it was an interview. And it was the three of us. So tomorrow we're going to have that on, and it's going to be, it's going to go for two hours. So it'll be Bards FM for two hours tomorrow night. Really excited about it. Really enjoyed the interview. I love when I have great interviews. Totally motivates me. And it really does. I mean, it's just, it's, it's part of how Holy Spirit works, getting us going and motivated and excited, because it should be. I mean, our, walking with God should be an exciting thing, not a heavy thing. I mean, it is heavy in life, but God should be exciting and vibrant and all those great things. Speaking of which, exciting, vibrant, like what isn't exciting and vibrant is if they decide to take your, take all of our food. That's not cool. So we want to be prepared, and there's a lot going on on that level right now. Now, honestly, most people can't handle the truth right now. And we also know that we've got a clown show going on here, and clowns are literally like running the circus these days. And even though many problems can be solved, and we know they can be solved quickly, our politicians have no desire to do that. Those in power have no desire to do that, and so they're going to push for a coming crisis so they can destroy everything and cause everybody to be desperate. Let's just be real. So what do you need to do? Go on over to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. That is a place where you can find some truth, like emergency food. That's truth. All of the stuff there is by My Patriot Supply. And what they have right now is a $60 off on their four-week emergency food kit, which is squared away. Now, My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in the U.S. And these meals come in. They're sealed in rugged packaging. They have, they're all delicious meals. They last up 25 years on the shelf life, and there's almost over 2,000 calories a day in each unit. So if you, in a time of emergencies, the one thing you do have to do is keep your eating right. So head on over to preparewithbars.com. Check out the four-week food kits from My Patriot Supply. And it's at one good low price right now. And you should get one for every member of your family. It's a good idea. And then if you order by 3 p.m., you get same-day free shipping, which is awesome. So, or free same-day shipping, however that works. So prepare, and then so just head over, prepare with Bards right now. Preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. There you go. That's the website. Head on over. See you there. Just like that, and they all fled chat, and they come back real quickly going, hey, Bards, that was really cool. Signs and wonders. We're really entering into a time of signs and wonders, and we have to start believing in that. I mean, I think it's, we have to get past the idea of if it, is it possible and just say that it is possible and start living into that reality. And we see it every Sunday, truthfully. I mean, if we're going to talk about signs and wonders, we see signs and wonders every single Sunday. When we pray for miracle healing. I want to remind you of a story that we had, real one. There's been a number of them. And this was pretty spectacular. It was one of our followers. In fact, I think she's in chat tonight. That oh, Pastor Devonese is in tonight. Oh, nice. Hello, Pastor Devonese. And so, this is one of our followers from the UK. I think it was JCUK that gave it her friend that had been scuba diving on one of the islands, and he got he had a marker boat where they were scuba diving, and it drifted. So when he came up, 
there was a fishing boat that ran over him, tore open his abdomen, broke his pelvic, gutted him, basically. Had him in ICU, and there was a lot of concern of how he would survive and how he would make it. Now, we began praying on that. And one week later, thereabouts, roughly, he flew back on a plane to Illinois. Now, I just want to make the point here. I mean, that's we call that a miracle. And that's what God does, because God does lots of those. And we live in a time where God's miracles are as prevalent as they ever were. And it's important that we start living into this. This is part of our authorities. And as we deal with and live in those authorities, we gain tremendous power. And what you're going to hear tomorrow night, which is super exciting, because Apostle Greg is going to be speaking a lot and very powerfully from the position in which he prays. And I'm going to kind of give you a heads up tonight, which I think is really important. And that is to pray always from kingdom. We're praying from kingdom, bringing kingdom into the world. That is what we're supposed to be doing, not the other way around. We tend to do this. We sit in the earthly world and we go, oh, Lord, help us. And it's it gets, it's kind of an, I, it's a good thing we have a really patient God. I told you today, earlier, <laughs> I was like, if I was God's secretary, I would get fired. I guarantee it. He would be like, that's enough, out, because I'd be writing notes like this. It's like, you literally just prayed from earth after God gave you all the authorities to combat evil. Would you please pull it together and pull your head out and start acting like a child of the most high? And I can just already see that, that note would send. And it'd be like, send. And then God would be like, um, Scott, like, yes, Lord, in my office. I'd be like, oh, here we go. Like, who told you to send that note? It's like, nobody. That's what I thought. So, yeah. yeah. See, that that's what would happen. That's why I wouldn't last as God's note maker because I would be sitting here looking at like, listen, dude, like God gave you the authorities down on earth. What's going on, man? Like, fight. Fight. Wage war. That's what we want. Wage war. You have to like that term, though, wage war. You have to enjoy it. It has to fire you up. It has to get the righteous fires burning in your heart. You have to get excited when you hear that because it's not fearful. That's the other thing. You know, we have this devil out here, and I, which I think I said in the previous hour, I swear I think he's like Bill Gates with big bottle rim glasses. He's a skinny dude with a little bit of a bubble belly because he's all, he's all eating too much soybean stuff. And he's got a squeaky little nerd voice. Knows how to work a computer pretty well. and But he's running, he's like the Wizard of Oz. He's got all these levers that he pulls, and he pulls off these big monsters. And that's what they do. They start they start painting what, devil, what evil looks like. And we buy into it all the time. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So when I was in Montana with Rick, and we were doing some deliverance, and this was one of my better moments, I have to admit. And I am going to share it and um, because it was a good moment. <laughs> we, that was a pretty nasty demon. It was bad. I mean, this thing manifested, and it looked like, seriously, like a cross between a gremlin and a, and a werewolf. And I watched him do it. I mean, I watched this man transform into this right before my very eyes. And I was like, wow. I mean, this is like a really small space, too. We're, in, we're inside like this... Uh, single wide trailer and so there's not a lot of space in here when something like this manifests and you're like huh and I'm thinking to myself wow 
this could be an interesting moment. I'm kind of wondering what I'm going to do to tackle this demon. And this thing rears up and I start laughing. I was, I, st- <laughs> I was looking at it. I was snickering. I'm like, seriously? And Rick told me later, he's like, dude, when you did that, he said, you had this sneer in your eye like you were literally just going to slay it. And he goes, the minute you did that, though, demon didn't know what to do because it couldn't scare you. And I'm like, exactly. Have fear not. Fear, have no fear. So just look at the demon in the eye and go, hey, dude, like, we're not playing this game. Out you go. See ya. Have a nice day. And pretty soon they leave. And there's some bad ones out there. there there's, when you start getting into some of these principalities stuff, they try to act pretty tough. But I think a lot of it is what we bring to the fight is the mindset of are we fearless in our heart or are we going to have a place for fear to settle in in our heart? And I, there's a reason in the Bible that there's 365 times it tells you fear not. Because fear is the greatest corrosive element in our minds. Once we start latching on to fear, anything is possible. Anything. And we can, we can imagine anything. And we can become anything, which is not usually good, by the way. Fear does not produce good outcomes. And it blinds us. And then we don't hear the voice of God. And what we hear is our voice, which goes into cycles then. It's like, you know, flight, fight or flight, fight or flight which is all driven by brain chemistry. So we just have to get back to basics. Fear not. Breathe, focus, pray into it. To call the name of Jesus if you need to. It's like you should. It's highly recommended when you're around big demons to speak the name of Jesus, just so I say it. In case you forget and you're sitting there flipping through the pages of your Bible looking for the right verses, the demons manifesting, Probably be better just to put the book down for a minute and focus on it and cast them out by the name of Jesus. Like, out by the name of Jesus. Out by the name of Jesus. That's a powerful word. Very powerful word. And it starts to shake them. What I wouldn't recommend is when the demon's manifesting. I mean, seriously, like, not a good idea to be like, darn it, was that Luke? Was that, was it John? Oh, my goodness. Or was it in Matthew? I can't remember. Oh, let me look. And not good. Bad bad decision point there, okay? Because at this point, demons manifesting. And, and it's like no good to have demon manifesting while you're trying to figure out scripture. Fall backward. Always fall backward. Jesus. That's it. Power in the name. Jesus. And speak Jesus into it. And then you're, you're good. So, And then just trust the Holy Spirit because you're going to get the words you need. That's the best part. That is the best part. The Holy Spirit's going to give you everything you need. And that's as it should be. <coughs> the Cantrell children right now are amazing to be around for me on so many levels. Because they all walk in the prophetic like it's a normal conversation. And they have no problem praying and prophesying on you at any time of the day. If they've got something to say. And if they don't, they're just going to tell you there's nothing. And they'll walk away. But it's a natural conversation, as it should be for all of us, talking to God. And it shouldn't be a big orchestration of how we're going to talk to God. We have to learn sometimes, though, is how to pray into things. And that's Holy Spirit stuff. But when we start to worry about the formalities, it's like, oh, my goodness, am I going to get this right? Am I going to get this word right? What happens if I have a wrong inflection here? What happens if I don't get the pace and timing the way they want or the cadence? All of these things that you start to worry about, or what if I miss one word and not another, 
you're not in the Holy Spirit. You're working more in the world of the Pharisees, which is the world of the mind. You need to be focused on Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit provides everything we need in terms of informational downloads. And the more that I've learned to trust in it, the more those informational downloads happen. So I told you about the ride in Montana. And I told you when I was on the horse, and I had not ridden a horse since 1999. So there was a little bit of like, hmm, how this is going to go, because we weren't just going to easy country. We were going up into some pretty rough country. Now, initially, I didn't. I got on the horse. I got adjusted, and we started going. And the first on on this was pretty easy because all we were doing is these wide trails. And really what happens in a lot of these expeditions that they do or guided hunting trips is they just get, they have a couple donkeys with them or, or mules, not donkeys, mules, because they can pack a lot of stuff. And everybody's riding something, and usually somebody's riding a mule. And they just kind of go in line, and the, and the guide is going to take them up to the point, and then they're going to dismount, and they're going to go hunt on, on the land. And as I shared with you, Rick didn't do that with me. We, we decided to go high, really high up in the mountain, and then we broke trail. Instead of going on the well-paved paths, Rick said we're going to go cross-country, which as he referred to it as western. And I told you a lot about that. I told you we had climbed, we climbed very high, it's very, very technical and hard riding. It's a sort of, it's fast riding because you're going, you've got to keep the horse's pace going uphill. You're moving through trees. You're having to move around low-hanging branches, not get yourself decapitated or your hat knocked off or yourself knocked off a horse. And it's fast. It's, it's, um, it's not quite as fast as like barrel racing, but it's that sort of barrel riding, but it's that sort of speed you're moving in and around stuff. And you're running pretty close to each other too. The horses are not too far apart. And when we got up there, the biggest thing that there's kind of two things, because before we started that ride, as I told you, I, I prayed up to Holy Spirit and I said, Holy Spirit, give me the, the ancestral download from my grandfather and all the wisdom he had in riding horses because he was a great horse rider. And someone said before or after deliverance, I don't know, with Rick, it was a whole week with Rick. So it was during, it was deliverance was at night, riding was in the day. So we um, got up to this higher point, and we got up to this first ride, and then we took a break, and then we went up to the second ride, like I told you, which was extremely technical. And this was on shale earth. One of the horses, the horse, Rick's horse, was almost on its side at one point. Rick had good control of it. I was able to guide my horse up around it. The horse's name was Arizona. Good stuff. And the thing is, I never thought twice about it because what happened in that moment in these two steep climbs is I became connected with the, with the animal. And that was the most incredible thing because once you're one with the animal, you're, he's, the animal's reading you and you're reading the animal. And it's anybody who rides horses knows exactly what I'm saying and I could only tell you in theory what it was until I experienced it. And then once you experience it, it changes you forever. I'm not kidding you. Because you're literally one with the animal. And the animal is looking to you to lead as much as you're looking to the animal to lead. You're talking to one another through, through body, body pressure, through rain pressure and pull, and just general talking to the, to the horse. And it's a conversation that's going. It's a complete 
different type of conversation. And I know anybody that rides knows exactly what I'm talking about. And you can probably articulate it even better than me, but nonetheless. And so you end up with this movement where you are literally, you're looking and the horse is looking and you're working together to find the right line up the heel, what's going to be best. The horse is trusting you as you trust the horse. And what, what's happened in those moments is your riding ability gets strong enough that the horse knows to trust you because otherwise a good horse is going to look after you and it will do things differently to protect you from falling off as much as it can. And that whole experience was just powerful. It was never a doubt in my mind of what I was there for, what I was doing. I was riding in one with the horse. It was just, we were going to get to the top there. And it just, there was no fear in my heart, which the horse would have read in half a second. It just was, it was energized. And I was with the animal. So Rick told me later, he told me one thing that day, but later, like after I got back, he called me, he said, look, I just want you to be clear on something. He goes, I wasn't totally honest how tough that ride was. He said, Scott, that ride, a lot of the technical riders that I ride with would never even do it. He said, that was a good hard ride. And he said, you did it. And the only way you could have done it was Holy Spirit. And I said, well, yeah. So why do I recant that story? Because we have so much knowledge and wisdom that can be passed in through us through Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we rely on it. Because it's bigger than just like, I think when we think about this, we're kind of like, oh, are you going to download something to me? Pray into it. Pray into that knowledge that the Holy Spirit will provide because it will come. And it'll come in big downloads. That was a great one. That was like matrix level download, man. Like man never doesn't know how to ride a horse. Two man rides at one of the extremely high technical skill within an hour of download, right? Holy Spirit will work that way. And it's us praying in and asking. And I think that's the biggest thing about our relationship with God is do are we asking the right questions? Are we asking for the right things? If we're asking for credit cards to be paid, I would probably venture to say you're not going to see the results you would like because generally speaking, that's of Babylon. And while I won't tell you absolutely that God won't provide resources to pay off your credit card, I would say that it's kind of like driving a Lamborghini that's designed specifically for the racetrack with a carbon fiber body and using it to go back and forth between the mini mart to get milk each morning. You know, it's a little bit of an overkill, probably not, not a right appropriate tool for the job. Right. So pray in and ask God for this knowledge. Let, let it work. And we don't, we're not used to doing this because what we're used to doing literally is relying on library books and things like that. So, that's where we need to be working, I think, at all times. And as we start to walk into that place, trusting in God in all things, breathing in God in all things, praying in the morning for what God wants us to do, our lives really start to transform in a fantastic way to where we become more and more a subject of him. I mean, what we want more than anything is to be a subject to his will, not our own will. I believe that's, I believe Pastor Devonese said that today on the show, which you'll hear tomorrow night, and, or something very close to that. And it's just a great comment because we're trying to become where it's not our own mind working in this world. It's of God, all things of God. And I love that. 
Hey, why I'm thinking about it, because I didn't mention it at the beginning of this show, if you did not listen to last night's Fishers of Men, so tonight is Tuesday, December 12th, and if you're on the East Coast, you're already into Wednesday morning. Yesterday was December 11th, and it would be marked December 11th. And why I say this in Fishers yesterday, because what we did is we played the Alfred Kinsey bio, um, documentary, Kinsey Pedophiles, and it's really hard to listen to. I'm not, gonna, I'm not advertising it because I want you to go out and have a fun time and celebrate with friends and family. But it's such an important piece. It was a documentary that did really well just on audio only. And it gives you a deep insight into what's happened to our nation, who's running our nation, the sickness that surrounds our nation, and the origins to majority of it to one man, which is Alfred Kinsey. So worth a look, worth a listen, and uh, worth, uh, worth a share to have other people here too. It's important that we get this information out because this is kind of setting the context for the documentary that's upcoming. Our prayers are one of some of the most effective tools we have. And we tend to be so focused on a narrow way of praying and the narrow aspects of prayer that I think we miss a lot of things. We pray for something specific, like uh, baby ginseng is going to need prayers for X, and so we pray into it, and if we don't see those results, we tend to say, okay, well, I guess that didn't work. But we don't really know exactly how God works. We also don't know... We also know that in prayer, many times we have to be vigilant and re-pray things, which is very important, and to get that message up. And it's not like you have to all the times, but sometimes it requires that. And then sometimes the process is different. We want instantaneous, God-filled, spontaneous events of healing, and maybe God wants somebody to work it through a process of healing rather than instantaneous to where in the process they learn and gain great wisdom and insight. And I think that's where we kind of start to shape this. So this gives us the point of Christ died on the cross, and therefore he gave us victory on this earth. And all we have to do is take that victory and move it into the world, and it's ours. Of course, I can, you'll get the, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to take him out of office? The way I'm going to go about it is I'm going to strike in kingdom. Start in kingdom and, and pray into the second heavens. Go into the spirit realm and pray there and wage your war. We have those tools. So as we wage the war in the spirit realm, we're literally looking at the places to cut strings that are tying, binding second heaven to first heaven that are of evil. We're looking at finding fortresses and praying into them and tearing them down. We're talking about finding strongholds and tearing them down. And then we're using the collective force of prayer to heal the sick and the broken to do deliverance on people, raise the dead where necessary. And some of that's raising the dead in the spirit too, not just the physical. And spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not tough, but it does take an inordinate amount of focus to get it done. It's something we have to continue to do because this, this is a real, this is where your real war is waging right now. So don't be reckless. I highly recommend that on some of these regional powers, be aware that there's a, that's some really ancient stuff. So this can go back like to the fallen time. And those demons don't play. 
So just know kind of some left and right limits. Pray always. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't look to wage a war and fight with somebody that you don't really know what their origins are. And if you can tell that it's a, if it's a regular sort of manifestation demon, go at it. Other demons are out there cool. But when you get into some of these older powers in the, in the regional section, you don't necessarily know who they are. And when you come in swinging hard, you can get really get waylaid. Kind of like Lord of the Rings stuff. Our God is truly an amazing God. And this pastor, Devin Denise, wrote this. This is really good. Wage war from the invisible realm of God to manifest in the earthly realm, heaven's de uh, de decrees and declarations. That's it. So imagine you put yourself in the heavenly realm and then pray into this world those aspects of the heavenly realm that you can grab when you're there. And those become the transformational points that we're trying to bring that into this world. We do not give ourselves enough credit of the power we have through prayer and the power we have to transform around us because of who we are. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And literally, we have amazing, quote-unquote, superpowers. We all do. We have to use them and use them effectively. And we used to stay focused. One of the things about prayer I mean, especially when doing asking people to pray. And you've heard me comment on this, but I think it's important. People talk, there's a couple of things that if you're listening to Sunday shows, you're going to hear me say almost every week. One is that we have to constantly pray and declare healing, even when it seems impossible. And even when odds seem against it, we can never stop declaring and praying for healing. That's big. God didn't ask us to step back from those positions. He wants us to lean in. But the other thing you can see that happens on Sunday morning is there's a, there's a connection that goes on between more than one. And that in itself is tremendously powerful in the spirit. So as we bring our voices together, we start to really zero in. And that's where the beauty of having these requests for prayer, we can go in. But what you also hear me say about this you hear me correct some things in prayer, which are very important. It's important for us to hold these in our heart and understand what they mean. When someone says, I need you to pray for X to this person to come to Jesus, you'll always hear me say, I can't do that or some version of that. What I can do is I can pray that they have an experience with Jesus or that leads them to Jesus on their own free will. But if we start forcing people into loving Jesus, what we're really getting into is a spell cast and that's white magic. And it's not, it's not at all part of God's world. So we have to be that aware when we're working in these spaces and have to be sensitive to what we can and can't do. The other thing is spell casting. You know how I feel about spell casting. It's real. That's why we do it. When you go to a hospital, the first thing they're going to tell you is, oh, Mrs. Jones, I see you have a little heart murmur. So you need to get a surgery or you're going to die in six months. That's a wonderful way to live in, in kidding. That's tongue in cheek. Literally, their spell cast a person into surgery is what they did. So we have to be aware of that and we need to rebuke it when we run into it. Correct it at least. 
Don't just repeat it and think it's going to pass off because what's these things have impact, big impact, and they can speak death over things dramatically. And that's another thing is be very conscious of the words that we speak these days. There's a lot of frustration, and I'm convinced that much of this is by design, is to gin up as much possible frustration as we can right now or as the enemy can right now. Because what the enemy is trying to do is to get us to separate from our anointed place next to the Father. So stay focused. It's big. The enemy always is trying to divide. But here's the good news. As long as we stay close to Jesus, I mean like close, close, and you're walking in that space, you don't have any worries. And I guess that leads us ultimately to, you know, like we get requests for healing and it deals with various aspects and it seems impossible. As long as we are with, if they, as, they, as we are praying with Jesus and they stay with Jesus, there's no major issue. As far as healing, it's just a matter of will. Now, that's the other thing. God doesn't always give miracle healings. Not the way we want them. I, look, I love the big drum events. Like, you know, hands on, boom. Person's healed, stands up. Praise God. Walk, drops the walker, runs out of the building. Those, those are awesome moments. Well worth filming. And even though you film them, people won't believe it anyway. They're always just like, you set that up. It's like, okay, whatever, dude. But that is what it is. So when we are in these spaces, oh, I love this comment. God is a God of intimacy. He wants, to, he wants us to be one with him. Absolutely. And that's where the most powerful healings are. Is when we're in the spirit with somebody deeply and we're praying with them. But remember what we're praying for, we're praying into them what we already have taken, what we already have won, which is we've already had the victory. So the doubt in our hearts tries to tell us that we can't or that we're not capable, or we're not worthy, you don't have enough experience. That's just the devil speaking, just block it out. Ridiculous. Focus in with your pure heart into somebody. Be intimate with them. And because as you are intimate with them, God is intimate with both of you. When I do deliverance work, I'm very often face to face, very close, often holding somebody's head, speaking into them, speaking life, speaking Jesus. And when we get into inner healing, it's the same thing. The power of the touch is incredible. And we get the touch going and it flows through the body. And we're speaking the words of Jesus. And we're speaking scripture and we're breathing life into them. Stuff gets me so energized. I swear this is like Holy Spirit stuff. I'm just imagining healing somebody right now. And then you just get that power. Now, I told you the story of this guy at Glad Tidings, and it was powerful. And he was, I love this. We are impatient with our healing process. Absolutely, we are. Good comment. We are, we are impatient. God is, God's patience is infinite. Our patience is in milliseconds, frankly, by comparison. So let him work with us in this intimate space. Have some patience with him. Listen to what he tells you to, on your heart to do. Follow it and do it. So this guy was in Glad Tidings Church. And I bring these stories up because they are relevant tonight. And I'm getting a lot of nudges from Holy Spirit to tell him. And this is the guy I told you we were leaving. I had C.J. Moyer ahead of me. Rick Moyer was with her. That's his, her husband. We're walking out. Holy Spirit taps me and says, you need to pray for this man. So I put my hands on his shoulders and I pray for him. I'm looking around. I'm like, this is a little weird. There's food crumbs all over this guy's front, all over, top to bottom. He's got food uneaten on his lap. 
and his head is lumped over and he's hardly got any breathing. So I'm praying and God says, go before him, get on your knees and now pray for him. So I do. And I start to get it. He starts to come up, revived enough to start telling us the story. And what I'm put, piecing together is that um, a bottle of 151 and a bunch of pills he took to come in that night to die in the church. And I went to I went to the throne. I prayed into the throne. I'm pouring tears down. Lord, no. We, we can see this guy in the spirit. He's like on the cusp, ready to dive in. And as I come out of all this, which is a quite an enduring time, and I look up, he's singing the words. This is a guy that couldn't articulate anything. He was so wiped out. Tension to die, as his confession was. He came in that church to die that night, and we were not going to let him die. And so as CJ's praying, and I'm praying hard in the spirit, I'm praying hard before the throne. As I'm coming into this space now with him, he begins to sing the words of the hymn. This is a guy that couldn't articulate a word, and he begins to sing the words of the hymns. This is how God works. An amazing God we have, bringing us the miracles and the excitement of life every single step. And when you witness these events, you start to realize the calm and the presence of Holy Spirit. These aren't and of our God, our Father. We are very impatient people. We like to jump ahead on everything. We don't need the impatience. We need the patience of the breath of the Father as we walk with that. It's a very powerful, powerful time, a powerful moment. I would have to say just my own testimony, and you've witnessed this if you've followed me for four years. The excitement that I feel and the joy, the excitement, the exhilaration, these are just adjectives, of what I feel right now for the walk with the Lord is greater than I could have ever imagined. It's a walk of fearlessness. It's a walk of knowing that we are going to literally slay every one of these demons. It's one of realism because we know that it's not just, it is going to take everything we have to win. It's going to take personal sacrifice. But it's exhilarating. It's an ex such an exciting time to step into the world and know that you are part of something so great and so grand that it only comes around but just a handful of times in human, in human history. And that should say something how great of a time we truly are in. So spend time each day in the Word. Spend time praising God. Spend time telling Him how humbled you are. Tell him how excited you are. Share your life with our Father. He wants to hear it. He wants to hear it from you. You can read your heart. I mean, it's the difference between you get somebody who's written a book and they have the voice of what's in it and they can tell you that book and you read it. It's got a different voice. It isn't that the voice is wrong, but when you get to the origins of the author so many times, that voice is so powerful, so booming, so incredible, so highly refined. It just energizes you at a new level. And that's as it should be. Let's pray. Father, we come here today humbled and blessed that we can be here. Thank you for all that you give. Father God, we are truly a, your sons and daughters right here tonight. And we have we are blessed to be here. And so Father, as we sit here and we're, we're praying, we're focusing, we're literally going to pray into you now, Father, 
and praying for the mightiness of this hour to be able to start waging war against pure evil and doing so with the confidence and the tools that are given to us by you, filtered to us by Holy Spirit. So, Father, we raise up our hands and we say, Father, we, we're waging war against the strongholds of this enemy and the principalities of this enemy far beyond our reach. And we declare these, this country to be no more influenced by pedophiles. We pray this country to be set free and set into the mindset of being loving thy neighbor as we used to be. And to raise us up as a nation, not to be destroyed by the heathens who want to take it, but rather to stand boldly and to know that as we pray, we can transform the outcome into something greater, more glorious. So Father, hear our hearts, bless us and guide us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, patriots. Just some stuff to go to sleep on and stuff to think about. It's all good. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow night. Or I'm sorry, tomorrow morning for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest dead. Oh, I want to feel something.